Leviticus chapter 4, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a person sins unintentionally against any of the commandments of the Lord in anything which ought not to be done, and does any of them, if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, then let him offer to the Lord for his sin, which he has sinned a young bull without blemish as a sin offering. As a sin offering. In each one of your programs, where it says sermon title, Write the words sin offering. So in our sermon title, we should have two words, sin offering. And for today's scripture... Write Leviticus 4, colon 1, dash 3. So for Leviticus chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Does everyone have it? Amen. Leviticus chapter 4 deals with one of the offerings that the Lord commanded of his children called the sin offering. If you will remember from last year, we realized that in this story, the children of Israel had been delivered from the bondage of the Egyptians. Of all the pain and the suffering that they suffered under the Egyptians, God had sent a man by the name of Moses who would lead his people from the Egyptians to a place called Canaan land. It was a place of promise. It was a place where there were houses that they didn't build. There were farms that they didn't cultivate. There were fruit and vegetables that they were to eat that they didn't plant. It was also called the land of milk and honey, a place of refreshment, a place where they could have sweetness and they could have a life that was no longer arduous, no longer tough and mean and painful, but a place of comfort in the Lord their God. And so as the Lord moved them from the Egyptians and he moved them toward the land of Canaan, the Lord said that I was going to take you to a place so that you could worship me. See, the Lord desires worship from his people. Not just the Israelites of the ancient times, but of us today. And just as he took the Israelites to a place in the wilderness toward Canaan land, so that he could get their attention, so that they would not be distracted 
by the things of the Egyptians, those things that were not pleasing to God, so does he do with us today. These houses of worship, these places where his people can come so that we're not distracted by the things of the world, all of the things that the people in the world are doing so that we can hear what thus saith the Lord that he requires of us in worship. And so as we have looked at Leviticus, up to this point we have seen some of the offerings that allow us to see how God feels about us and what he requires of us. The first offering was the burnt offering. And the burnt offering was to be given so that we would know that we were born in sin. What does that mean? That means that when every child is born, girl or boy, they are born with a desire to do wrong. Every one of us in this room and everyone who has ever been born were born with that desire. And because it's something that you are born with, there's something that you can't do anything about. So you need somebody to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. So there is the burnt offering. If you remember, the burnt offering was bringing a bull without spot or blemish, a male bull. And they burned him on the altar of sacrifice. That he was killed and his blood was sprinkled on the horns and around this altar and the meat was burned up in the fire. That offering was all about pointing toward the death of Jesus Christ. It was a bull without spot or blemish. The spot and the blemish represented those things that were disobedient or those things that God was not pleased with. So it had to be a sacrifice that looked just like Jesus. Because Jesus has no spots or blemishes. He never disobeyed his father. And so that bull without spot or blemish who was male as Jesus was male was pointing to and describing the Jesus that would come who would ultimately die for the sins of the world. See, you realize that Jesus had to come. He had to come and he had to die for you. Why? Because you were born in sin. You were born with an issue. You were born with an ailment. You were born with something in you that needed to be fixed. But no man on earth other than Jesus, who was man and God, could fix it. And God in heaven required something special to fix this sin problem. He required death. But not just any death. He required the death of one who had never sinned and never would. And that was his son, Jesus Christ. But then we went on to see that there was also what was called the peace offering. Once again, we're trying to understand what God requires for us in worship. He requires us to come to him saying to him, Lord, I need you as my savior. I know that everything within me is not good enough to please you, but Lord, I know if you come and live in me, then I will be pleasing unto you. Because you died for me one Friday evening, 
that you paid the price that I couldn't pay for myself. Lord, you made me right before God so that he is pleased. And Lord, I need you in my life. Now, the peace offering is the offering that allows us to see that when we worship God truly in the way that he wants us to. First of all, saying that we need him in our lives, that he gives us a comfort. He gives us a joy. He gives us a happiness that is way down in our spirit. That nobody else can give but Jesus himself. And in the peace offering, we come to God in worship. Not only thanking him for dying for us on the cross, but that he give us a new life. Everyone in this room who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has asked him to forgive them of their sins and asked him to come into their heart. You are a witness that you have a new life. You're not like you used to be. You don't think like you used to. You don't walk like you used to, and you don't talk like you used to. You can see things that you used to could not see. And that's because of the peace of God. The peace of God shed in your heart allows you to have a new life and a closeness with Jesus Christ so that he shows you things that you have never seen before. He gives you a peace and he gives you a joy that the world doesn't give and the world can't take away. And then we looked at the grain offering. All of this is happening in the wilderness as the Lord is teaching them. The grain offering was the offering that was given because you want to. It is an offering that says, Lord, because you've been so good to me. Lord, I'm going to give you the best that I have. We talked about how the grain offering was so important because for every one of us today, we can give God a grain offering too. By doing the best we can at whatever we do. When you're in school and you're learning your lessons, you learn them the best you can. You don't just want to learn them good enough to pass, but you want to learn to be excellent. Why? Because Jesus was excellent for you. Your worship of God does not stop when you're in this room. Your worship carries on through the weeks of your life and everything that you do. When you love God and you allow him to be the Lord of your life, you want to do your best for him. You want to give him your best because he gave his best for you. What greater thing can anyone do but to die for you? Jesus gave his life. And he's just requiring of you to give him your best and all that you do. If you're a track star, you run with your best. If you're a basketball player, you play with your best. If you're a football player, you play with your best. If you're an artist, you draw with your best. Whatever you do, you do it with your best. If you're a singer, you sing with your best. You don't just sing to get by. You sing with heart and soul. Because God gave his son, and his son gave his heart and his soul for you. The grain offering. It's all about doing your best. Every day, 
day in and day out. The little things. When you clean up at home, you want to clean up doing your best. You don't want to halfway do it when your parents tell you to clean up this or clean up that. You want to clean it up completely. Why? Not just because you want to please your parents, which is a good reason, but also because you want to please your Lord. And it's more about than just what you can see, but the things you cannot see. Every time you give God a grain offering, every time you do your best for God, you are putting in heaven treasure that you have never seen before. You have no idea what's being stored in heaven for you every time you do your best. But that is our hope and that is our desire to be one day with the Lord and then that the Lord be pleased with us and that he give us that which is really ours. But the only way you get there is by worshiping the Lord. And this is one special place where you make the decision, each one of you, every day, to decide whether or not you're going to do your best. To decide whether or not you're going to do your best in study, you're going to do your best on tests. To do your best in whatever you do for the Lord. Because whether it is a chore, whether it is a sport, whether it is any task that you do, you can use that to be an offering to God. Has anyone thought about that? Has anyone thought about the little things in life? The things that aren't all that pleasing, but they're still an offering to God. Some of you now are working on jobs. The Bible says, work unto your employer as if you were working unto God. Why? Because it's another opportunity to give him an offering. To give him a grand offering. When you work unto your employer as you work unto God, you're going to work with your best because you know that God never sleeps nor does he slumber. He is everywhere all the time, knows all things and has all power in his hand. So when you're working unto God, you work unto God with excellence all the time because your job is just not a job. It's just not work. It's an offering unto God. So many times we think about worship and we think about it just being here at the church. But worship is every day of your life. Everything that you do. And the little children in this room who plays with Legos and plays with puzzles and does those kind of things. When you build with your puzzles the best you can, you please God. Because God is watching you. And he knows what he has given you and those abilities to build and to create are from God. And so God is pleased when you build with the best that you can. And so now finally we come to chapter 4, the sin offering. The sin offering is a unique offering. And that is an offering that is given by you because of something you unintentionally did. In other words, the sin offering is a 
I didn't mean to offering. I, I didn't mean to do this or I didn't mean to do that. It is an offering for the things that you didn't even try to do. It's the offering for the things that you may not even been aware of that you did. But it was brought to your awareness at some point that it happened. I didn't mean to. I, I didn't mean to hurt my friend's feelings. When I said something to them that was hurtful, I was really thinking about myself, but I hurt them. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to offering is the sin offering. Brother Tyler, have you ever had a I didn't mean to sin? Amen. Brother Porter, Monte, ever I didn't mean to. Brother Bruce, ever I didn't mean to. Sister May, ever an I didn't mean to. Amen. There's always opportunities to have an I didn't mean to. Always. There are times when you and I may do something that we thought was good for somebody else. Only to find out that we hurt them because we didn't mean to. Maybe we decided, oh, there was something that looked like it needed to be thrown away. And we went and threw it away. And then the person comes back and says, where is my whatever? And now there was something important with that thing that we threw away. And we didn't mean to, but now we have hurt our friend or loved one. This is what the sin offering is all about. But there's something else about this sin offering that's very important for all of us to know. It also shows us how much we need Jesus. How much we need Jesus because there are things we do that are sinful that we don't even mean to. How can you fix something that you didn't intend to do in the first place? It's something that you can't fix, but Jesus can. And that's why we have the sin offering of the bull without spot or blemish without disobedience without sin it's a male which points back to Jesus these offerings always point back to Jesus because Jesus is our everything when Aaliyah sung the song that Jesus loves us he loves us so that he died in our place for every one of these things that we have wrong, even the I didn't mean to. And sometimes, according to this text, we find that a leader may do something that he or she didn't mean to, and the whole congregation is affected. Sometimes that's the case, and I didn't mean to. How many of y'all have been maybe doing a sporting events, sporting activity? And you decided to do something and you did it wrong, right? And then what happened? Everybody suffered. Maybe you didn't make a block the way you were supposed to. Or maybe you didn't make a, uh, a, a turn or, or, or a play the way that you were supposed to. And the coach made 
You all run laps. Made you all do push-ups. Made you all do sit-ups. That's part of the sin offering. You didn't mean to do it. You didn't mean to get everybody else in trouble, but it happened. But God has a solution for even that. Because now that goes to levels of sin beyond just the things that you do in a sporting event. Sometimes in life, we sin in ways that we really hurt others and we didn't mean to. We were really being selfish for our own selves, but we hurt others as well. Case in point, I give an example of a store in Monticello, Arkansas. I was down there doing the um, Thanksgiving time. And I came to this store, and it was called Easy Martin. It was on the corner of an highway. And I went to the door, and right on the door, there was this big sign that said, you can come into this store except if you have hoodies and there was some other type of, 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 of um, outerwear that you couldn't have on and come into this store. At first thought, I was kind of upset because I said to myself, that's discrimination. You saying because if I desire to wear a hoodie, I can't come into your store? But then the Lord began to speak to me. And he began to show me something beyond what I originally thought. And that was somebody went into that store and either robbed them by gunpoint or stole something in that store who had on hoodies. So now because somebody else was selfish and was going in there to get what they wanted, they unintentionally has hurt all those who are innocent as well. Unintentional for everybody else, selfish for themselves. But that's the sin offering. The sin offering comes in when those kind of transgressions, when those kind of evil things are done. And it doesn't have to be at that level. It could be at smaller levels, but it is that sin because of our selfishness that gets other people in trouble as well. And so as I come to a close, I want to say that there is one sin that this sin offering pays for that can come only by giving your life to Jesus Christ. There may be somebody here today who unintentionally has not given their life to Jesus Christ. You never really thought about it but you just thought about that you weren't ready. But I tell you that that is an unintentional sin because it unintentionally hurts the Lord. You may think to yourself it's just because I'm not ready. I don't feel like I need to. But at the same time, you hurt Jesus unintentionally because almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ gave his life for you. He gave his life for you because he loved you so much. 
He knew the situation that you were in. He knew that you were born in iniquity. He knew that you were born in sin. He knew that you would sin unintentionally. He knew that you would sin intentionally. And he knew that the only way that that price could be paid is that it was paid on the cross. That he had to die in your place. He had to suffer on that cross. They had to put nails in his hand. And they had to put nails in his feet. Why? Because you needed someone to die in your place. Because as we have studied in times past, that sin ultimately ends in death. Not just death, but death in hell. When you close your eyes without a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you die and you have not asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins, and to come and live in your heart. You can end up in hell. And Jesus cries for his children. That ends up there. He doesn't mean for anyone to end up in hell. That's why he died. So if you have not given the Lord Jesus your heart. Today is a time that you can get that fixed. You can say to the Lord Jesus today. Lord I am a sinner. I have sinned, O oh Lord. Lord, forgive me of my sin and come and live in my heart. Because I want to be better than what I am right now. I want to be pleasing to you in every aspect of my life. And that only comes by trusting and depending on Jesus. The doors of the church are open. So any of you in here, who knows you have not asked the Lord to live in you. You have not asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins. You can know the Lord today. It won't cost you anything because the Lord has already paid the price. He loved you so much that he demonstrated his love towards you that while you were yet a sinner, while you did not trust him while you did not think much about him. He died. You can come today. He will save your very soul. There is room at the cross for you. There is room in the household of Jesus Christ. There is room at the cross for you there is There is
Amen. Amen. None came, but there's still plenty of good room. Amen.